We Like Dota is brought to you by the generous support of our patrons. Patrons such as Yield Raven, Ninja Skills, Samson Magnuson, RX Cowbill, Surreal, CBX, Mr. Fancy Dinner Pants, Beendor, Modster, Icebug, Spanguin, Titus Andromedon, Dank, Xynosin, Dodi Kauschef, Paul Turner, Jeffrey Peterson, Kruger, Javier Latuplay, Wisp, Zeke, Strawcap, and That Charlie. We Like Dota, episode 332, starts now. Hello and welcome to We Like Dota, episode 332. My name is Arian, aka 2K. I'll be your host for tonight. And joining me today for the first time ever on We Like Dota is Sam. What's up, Sam? How are you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited to be on We Like Dota for the first time. Uh, been playing a lot of games, been mentioned on the podcast a couple times, and I guess it was time to finally come on. Yeah, uh, as you guys can hear, uh, this is not the Sam that you usually have to enjoy, who Don't worry, this is not a replacement, Sam. Uh, I'll see this as an additional Sam, uh, because who who has you know who has the time or space to only have one Sam on the podcast? Two Sams is much better, as you, people know. You can never have enough Sams. Exactly, you can never have two. You know, we might just get a third in a couple of months, and we'll start a little Sam collection. Uh, no, uh, to be to be serious, you know, uh, Sam. Big friend of mine. We've been playing together for a while now. He was on my like Dota League team, and you know I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since we like Dota League closed out, and I guess I, I paneled. But we've been we've been keeping active and playing a lot in the off season. And exactly. You know, practicing, practicing, getting ready for next year. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna win, but yeah, we're practicing very hard, guys. So yeah, Sam, you know, uh, he's going to be a permanent addition to the We Like Dota crew. Uh, as you heard with Elihu last week, uh, we're going to expand the crew a bit. And, you know, something that's, you know, I'll let you in behind the scenes here. That's also going to help me out personally a lot. Uh, we're going to split the editing. And my God, uh, is that going to be great for me. Uh, cool. Let's get into the Dota feelings, I guess. Hell yeah, I'm ready. Sam, how about uh, you start off with answering the question, how was your week in Dota? And how did it make you feel? Oh, my week in Dota was a bit stressful whenever I wasn't playing with friends, to be honest. Um, I've been playing mostly unranked. I stopped playing ranked maybe about a month ago for like my primary Dota. Um, and since then, I've mostly just been like three or five stacking with We Like Dota community members or Slug Club slash Backtrack Boy teammates. Um, it's been fun. Um, do you want to talk about Theme Thursdays this week? Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's, I guess, start with Theme Thursdays because most most of the other games... Actually, let's start off with the Coddle mid game that we played together Ooh. because chronologically, I think that was the first one in this week. Um, so I think you told me about this Caudal mid strat, right? Yeah, I did. It's from a Rizpal video. There's, a, I think, Southeast Asian uh, Dota player slash video editor on YouTube. Um, mm. 
who went Coddle mid, and you decided so, yeah, to give it the, a try. The gist of this Coddle mid strat, apparently, is that you just, you know, you push out waves, you farm really fast, and then you rush a tier 5 Dagon. And since Coddle's, you know, fairly new W gives him, uh, let me see, 30% magic resistance reduction on an enemy uh, at level 4, which doesn't scale with the uh, with the walking, so it's just like 30% flat. Um, it makes your Dagon Q combo very de uh, devastating and kind of enables you as a core. And I got very intrigued by this, to be honest, because Coddle was probably the first hero I tried to become really good at at Dota. Uh, that was a long time ago, though, uh, when, you, when I tried to play support. So, you know, I was very willing to try this, and my god, what a game we had. That went, like, over 70 minutes, I want to say, the game we had. And we played against a, like total late game domination team and we still managed to win somehow in the end it was pretty crazy yeah i did not have the best game uh i was playing yeah, against I... an ursa in lane as um underlord and that's not a good matchup yeah, i think yeah, i probably I mean, died five or six times in lane <laughs> yeah i mean you were uh, i won't mean but you were kind of you know relentlessly feeding this ursa which uh it's very hard not to do in the Underlord Ursa lane, especially since your your support that you had on lane with you wasn't the most, I'll say, useful player in the world. Um, but yeah, my lane, uh, it went pretty well. I was laning against the Tinker, so we kind of just both kept pushing out the lane with our easy lane push spells and then, you know, went to the jungle. Uh, but I just started planting myself bottom uh, at a certain point because... Uh, you know, my Underlord was kind of losing the lane and the support wasn't very really good. And this Ursa, surprisingly, I think it was mostly because he kept, like, choking his spells, but we got, like, two or three kills on this Ursa, which really stole this momentum. Yeah, Ursa's a hero that doesn't deal well with burst damage if you're not, like, very, very precise with your ult usage. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Coddle is a hero that can deal, like, a thousand damage in less than a second if you get, like, yep. the Blast and Dagon and magic resistance debuff on so yeah he just got blown up a couple times when he didn't expect to mm. so you know our team we we started stomping pretty hard actually uh, and then we got mega creeps and at that point the enemy team uh they kept in the game for like 20 minutes after we took megas because they had a really good early ga uh, late game lineup but man this like ultra late game core call it was really fun you have a permanent ulti uptime uh, once you have Octarine core and I was lucky enough to get a spell prism that game um, and it just feels like what I described it to you uh, in the game is it just feels like you're playing a hero who has the toolkit of like two or three support heroes uh, on one hero you have so many buttons to press who are all very useful you know at some point you're going to get the egg scepter obviously which mm. if you didn't rush it because you already have all this cooldown reduction built in the like you're gonna get like two or three you know uh wisps off in one fight which is pretty crazy if you think about that this was just like straight up a 120 second ultimate at some point during cold's patch history so yeah feels insane and you know you're naturally fast like even before i had traveled once i had cooldown reduction to have permanent uptime on my ulti i was just running around at 550 movement speed and you know, you would think against this Ursa as a core, like, I was always thinking about just getting a bit more armor, but I, like, realized that I just had so much movement speed that I can, like, literally just run from the Ursa any time I wanted to, uh, which felt pretty good. Uh, and 
And as a core, you don't really like mind heroes running at you until they get BKB because you have blinding light. Like uh... exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, the Ursa's BKB, he he had to buy it very early. So by the time like I was fast and strong, his BKB was five seconds anyway, which means he can like do one go with it and then needs to back basically. Uh -huh. But yeah, super fun game. Uh, something we also played was Theme Thursdays. Uh, maybe you want to get a bit into the first game you know where <laughs> we did one of i'll say one of the best themes we ever did on theme thursdays actually genius yeah i was not participating in the first game i was just casting because i came a few minutes late uh I totally didn't forget that i had a mm. didn't have a match this week for party to all masters um but you were playing pudge in the offlane exactly. against harmony lana who was it like wind ranger safe lane I think. Mm -hmm. um, and the theme for your team was Andrew Cuomo Sex Pest or similar. <laughs> yeah, something like that would fit it. So, you know, uh, first of all, shout out to Harmony Lama in our Discord for having the genius idea for this theme. Uh, and it seems like she put a lot of effort into, you know, thinking this up. So, you know, she said that she wants to do a theme based on the, you know, sexual misconduct allegation. Uh, allegations multiple in fact uh, that are being leveled against new york governor uh, andrew cuomo and she came up with a theme which had cuomo as pudge um and then a lot of heroes uh, that embody like uh, cuomo's you know uh, upper regiments of people like bounty was his treasury secretary we had a kunka who i'm not quite sure anymore uh, what the kunka was embodying but yeah we basically had like cuomo and his you know uh, bureaucratic staff against young ladies basically was the, was the other theme the Tamerlane Lama choose for this and I gotta say we won that game and Charlene said this as well she felt dirty uh, after winning that game uh, given the theme that we were playing at that point yeah it's a it's a very serious thing um, but I will also accept pictures of we of uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, edited with Pudge over top of him at yeah, any yeah. of his coronavirus press briefings because I don't know yeah. <laughs> because I want it. <laughs> if any, if anybody's looking for this picture, uh, please hit Jim up. Uh, so yeah, that theme that that, that was fun. Uh, Bulljax, by the way, uh, he had a really really weird PA build, uh, PA build. So he went Midas first item into Manta into Meteor Hammer into Swift Blink uh, into Nullifier into Swift Blink. So surprising amount of damage but it feels like he was kind of memeing a bit you know because if he bought bkb he could probably could have solo carried the game yeah bulljack's a good player um yeah as we learned later in theme thursday but i won't mm. skip ahead to that and instead i will subject myself to the second game of <laughs> theme thursday in which we played uh, a five melee strength core lineup into undying and we got beat Properly. Yeah, you got beat pretty hard. Um, not only Undying, I mean, Axe is also oh. super good against your lineup, obviously. So I did safe lane Axe, laning with Pepe Sylvia on uh, Undying. And it was pretty funny sitting with him in Discord and then him slowly realizing how like disgustingly good of an Undying game uh, it just is. He was like, oh, wait, I can just win the game solo. I'm Undying against five strength melees. And it was really that easy. Our lane was very much a stomp i'll say uh he kept getting really juicy you know two people cues and then 
once they have some of those decay stacks on them, I can just like hit one call and they will die, uh, which which happened a lot. Also, safe lane X, I gotta say, very fun. Uh, I feel like the shard enables it to be like finally good at this point. That's that's funny because I play a lot with a uh, Gothier who mm -hmm. goes safe lane X quite a bit, and he almost never gets the shard. I don't think I've actually seen him pick it up one game, but he just prefers to be tanky and become unkillable. But um, yeah. I think it would be funny to be in on those team comms because Pepe is one of the most animated Dota players I think I've played with in a while. And if the game is going <laughs> like horribly animated. right... Excuse me? What do you if, mean by animated? If, he's, if the game is going really, really right or really, really wrong, Pepe is super vocal and mm, will let okay, you know okay. exactly how his game is going. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I played Wraith King that game, and I just got run at. I felt like there was nowhere on the map for me to farm, and I'm yeah, not. Everybody wasn't. I'm not a core player. I'm not a, not a safe lane player. And from what I know, you're supposed to mostly farm the safe lane jungle as Wraith King because your skeletons clear it so effectively. Yeah, and yeah. That part of the map just kind of closed off after maybe eight minutes. So true, true. I mean, Jim, he was playing Darkseid. He was stomping some noobs as well. He got uh he got the Aghanim Scepter just so he could do a normal punch combo uh, with Colonel Squid on Tiny who would toss him in. And <laughs> it was incredibly useless, uh, like game wise, but it was also really fun to look at. Jim was enjoying himself for sure. Yeah, I would say that the, the combos were really the uh the highlight of Theme Thursday this week. Um, for sure. I had some not not to you know tout my own horn, but in that second game I had some good cues. I had some good calls, I gotta say. Yeah. And in the third game you were playing another uh beat 'em up bruiser in Ooh, Tusk. Yeah. That was so fun, man. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, I... let, let's get into the third game then, I guess. I was doing Tusk mid. I cannot for the life of me remember the themes we did here though. It just I... I know mine was eyewear. I know our team was eyewear, and I played Batrider in the mid lane against you. I think probably for the... Is this the first time we've ever faced off in lanes, Arian? I think so. I can't remember that we did at any point else. Hmm. And who who would you say won, Arian? You're the mid laner. I don't know uh, anything about this Okay, lane. Let, me, let me look at the graphs here. Player net worth at 10 minutes. I'm 3.6k net worth, and you're 3.2k net worth. Okay. So... However, at minute 20, so 10 minutes later, uh, you're 8.5k net worth and I'm 7.5k net worth. So, you know, you started farming, obviously. But I'd say purely lane-wise, I won the lane because I'm ahead at 10 minutes and 10 minutes is kind of where I think you should be ahead of me considering the matchup. You know, I'm a, I am ai was pretty easy to kill for you. Yeah, it only required maybe a plus one or if you just step up too far. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was really, it's like a fun matchup, honestly, if you want to play like 1v1s with your friends. Yeah, yeah. Because Batrider's a really low armor, kind of like vulnerable hero, and they both have really like volatile ultimates that can like solo kill a mm. hero. Um, Tusk has yeah, no I way agree. to get rid of the sticky napalm, and I it have ways a, to get out of ice shards. It was a fun matchup, because I mean, lane's obviously going to be hard because you're a melee hero against Batrider, but... Tusk isn't as bad as most other melee heroes because he has snowball and stuff to actually defend himself against the bad rider. Yeah, I, I, I don't know when you took it, but I was definitely surprised and taken off uh, or taken aback by the aggression that came out at times. You you definitely 
almost got me yeah, a couple yeah. times in lane. Exactly. The E is very good in lane, for sure. But yeah, yeah. You, you got lucky. Uh, I think if I killed you, like, you got away on 200 HP, like, two times. If I killed you in one of those times, the lane would have been very over for you. Yeah, that's probably true. But the game, I don't think, would have been entirely over. Because we had one of the funniest combos in Dota. Um, in Batrider and Snapfire, played by Bulljax. So if you don't know, the combo, or for anybody listening, the combo is uh, once you get Blink on Batrider, and once Snapfire's Ags and ideally Blink, you can lasso a hero, use Snapfire's Gobble Up to eat Batrider, and then launch them across the map while the other hero is lassoed still. (laughs) So imagine high ground, you're... You know, defending your tier threes, a Batrider blinks, lassos, Snapfire blinks next to that hero, and then, you know, Colonel Squid Pudge is suddenly in the fountain. Hmm. Don't know how that happens. So, did you pull (laughs) off this combo successfully in that game? We pulled it off a few times against Squid and against uh, Jim, who was playing Pango. Um, I don't think we ever sent them into the fountain, but even just, like, lasso, bringing someone, like, a thousand units out of position, does a, a ton. 2000 units or like half the map or whatever that's you're you are essentially just dead meat if you don't have like a an instant save ability yeah yeah seems pretty powerful gotta say yeah well uh, you know i did uh, i did a carry patch build this game even though i went mid that was very fun i went uh belfry desolator uh ac and then uh basher swift blink to pop it to top it off and tusk I mean, it's. I know this is like a meme build. I think like carry eggs might actually be viable even at this point. Carry task, it's not viable yet. But if you get a game like this, it's like one of the most fun carries in the game because, you know, there's a talent at level 25 that gives you a 12% chance to, you know, rouse punch. And oh. sometimes you get lucky and you blink on a snapfire and you take half his HP with your ultimate. And then the next hit, it's a crit again. And you basically just two-shot this uh, like other heroes who have 3k HP. It's and very fun. You did that twice this game. Or yeah, I went one in time on to you, you and one time to Snap. Uh, and I just, like, <laughs> it's one of the worst feelings in the world to get, like, a random RNG punch. Like, a, especially the Walrus punch, because it deals so much damage. And Yeah. Uh, but I had, a pretty, I had a pretty fun game. Uh, yeah, fun game. Considering, yeah. Cool. What about um, your other games this week? My other games this week. So as I said, I played mid coddle, and besides that, I've been mostly uh, playing safe lane instead of mid this week because I played a lot with friends and I was too lazy to mid on NA ping. Um, and I, I think my biggest achievement was like, I mean, for example, yesterday we like stormed three games in a row with Ursi. Um, but mm. I, I'd say my biggest achievement was winning a game with Lifestealer. Um, oh, which feels yeah. like something that's impossible uh, right now in this matter. Uh, I think maybe you just shouldn't go armlet on this hero anymore. I'm starting to think it's a trap because I like in every lifestealer game I ever like I played this uh, half like past half year or something. I kind of stomped the lane and then I still lost the game. And I always went armlet in this. And in this game that I won, where I did pretty well in the end, uh, I didn't even go armlet. Uh, so maybe this is the reason why I lose my lifestyle game. Maybe armlet is just not a good item on them anymore. Uh, I, I think like armlet is a man up and like one v one item. 
mm-hmm. and Lifestealer is just not very good at that anymore. Like he's much better yeah. at chasing and like long drawn out fights in which like you can't escape because you're getting ghoul frenzy procked and he still has he's like able to pop rage when he wants to to catch up and yeah there's not a lot of games that look like that though especially for like carries these days and because lifestealer has very limited mobility i just don't think he uses armlet that well i think Mm -hmm. i'd rather have pretty much any other accelerating item yeah i went uh, deso sny which felt Mm. very good uh it's like the standard cookie cutter build these days i guess uh but yeah, I don't know. I'm not, it's, it's it looks so good on paper, but maybe it's not as good anymore. Um, cool. Want to get into the news? Uh, we gotta we're a bit short Ooh. on time here. I wanna. Can I talk about one game I played? With yeah, you? yeah, sure, sure. All right, because I never play mid and I never carry games. But oh boy, I played a Lycan game with Jim and Digital Nick and Pepe and Ray, and we just went off. It was Ooh, the Lycan game, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing against mid sniper, and I got necro book. I got necro one at like five minutes, and every time my ultimate was off cooldown and sniper was like past the river, I just ran at him from wherever I was on the map. Um, so you ran him down like a dog. Is what you're trying to say? <laughs> exactly, and I think um, like Jug gets credit for being the most anime hero in Dota, but I feel like. If there's somebody that like comes right out of Dragon Ball Z, it's gotta be like Lycan. Like he just powers up for like a second and then sprints across the map at like sonic speeds and hits you for a bajillion damage and you yeah. can't do anything about it pretty much. Except for I mean, to be fair, it feels like something out of just like a vampire movie. I'm not sure if that's really <laughs> Dragon Ball tier, but go on. My apologies. No, I just I think it's cool because he changes form and like if you have some some nice cosmetics, uh, he does like some some weird hair. I just feel I feel like it's uh, more anime than Juggernaut Omni Slash, like just because it's like you go behind them and you know no personnel kid mode. Mm-hmm. But I mean I think I still disagree, but fair point. Yeah. All right, ready to move on to the news? Sure, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> to read the future, I need entries. All right, uh, getting into the news, uh, we have three uh, three items here today. Uh, first one, uh, we want to give a little shout out to uh, community. I'll say community member. I think that's fair to say. Actually, uh, community member OG Ruby, previously known as Grandma Ruby, uh, she has. Uh, launched, I think yesterday or the other day, uh, Dota Valkyries, which is a group that aims to uh, empower and... Uh, what's the word? Empower and develop uh, female talent in Dota, in, especially at the high level, which I think is a very noble goal and should be supported in every way possible. And yeah, uh, check them out. I don't think they have a website yet. I think they're still setting one up. Um, but they're on Twitter. Yeah, they're on Twitter. Follow them at Dota Valkyries, pretty simple name. And yeah, all best of luck to them. I'm, I'm sure they're going to do great things. Yeah, I mean, best of luck. And hopefully, you know, soon we'll see a lot more women thriving in Dota and seeing success on either the professional circuit or streaming or wherever they can, you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, cool, yeah. Check out Dota Valkyries on Twitter. They're going to have a website soon. Maybe maybe I'll ask Ruby to even be on the podcast about this. Uh, seems like something that's worth talking about. All right, now talking about the pro circuit, because you got into this. Uh, Sam, it's time to get real here. 
the Dota 2 major uh, happening slash not happening. What's your over under on this? I think it's like 70-30. I think it'll I think it'll happen and maybe there'll be some modifications to like how it happens. Like we'll see some teams have to drop or like lose players if they can't meet the quarantine requirements. Um, but I think it's unlikely that a week out Valve decides to cancel the major. Yeah, yeah, that's I I mean they that's precedent for this, but uh, I've heard a lot of people say like they think they're just going to cancel it completely again. Um I think it's highly unlikely. Um just because they also like they already sunk a lot of costs into this and yeah. this is like the lead up to the uh, to the leagues that just finished and it would kind of invalidate the whole like last year where like it's not last year but like last uh, last 3 months where you know the Dota scene it's been looking better again after this so they will kind of validate it because it doesn't lead to anything uh i however think they're uh they'll the major will launch as you said with some modifications uh but i think probably like maybe 10 or 20 percent of the teams uh teams won't be able to make it i know there's already been talks of the filipino team not being able to make it the first seat uh, of the sea division uh, because they're uh, they have some like enhanced restrictions on the philippines right now uh but yeah, maybe they'll make it. I know the Philippines, they're fairly lenient to like esports people as opposed to other teams. Do you but know yeah. if there's any crowd? Hmm? Do you know if there will be a crowd at the single major? I think it's pretty much confirmed that there won't be a crowd. Uh, Interesting. In this major. Oh. Why Why is it that Singapore allows or doesn't allow a crowd for an event like this? But uh, currently professional sports teams in the US are like preparing to have like 20 to 50 percent crowds I, mean, I think it's just a different level of seriousness uh, that they're yeah. approaching COVID with i guess yeah rip living in the u.s <laughs> yeah rip dude uh, but yeah i'm i'm excited for this major i think probably again a couple teams won't be able to make it but i think we shouldn't be this doomer like yo uh, they're gonna cancel this completely i think that's fairly unlikely at this point and even though obviously there won't be a crowd um I'm honestly dying to see some truly international Dota competition again. Um, it, yeah. I mean, it doesn't only feel like it has legitimately been longer than a year now where that we've seen like how the regions stack up. And I'm very interested, especially the because Europe and China, they seem just like so oppressively dominant over all the other regions right now. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm curious to see if this is actually something that's true, or if like you know, Europe and China are just suffering from some kind of you know su superiority complex right now, or or if they're actually like way ahead of any other region. Uh, so yeah, obviously the first places will be interesting, but something like the wildcard stage, for example, um, I'm already super hyped about because it shows uh, like which underbelly of China or EU you know basically plays the better Dota if it's the teams that didn't quite make it if they're still good basically yeah i'm excited for the like the the lesser games right because i think we all know that like teams like secret or vp or um i forget who's on top of china right now aster and ig i believe yeah um, aster and ig i think ig got first seed aster got second yeah they're all they're all obviously very good and stack up in some minor ways against each other 
that mm-hmm. will be will lead to like really really hype series but i want to see where like the clowns of, of each uh region really stack up against each other and like our four zoomers and quincy crew uh are like you know some of like the lower na teams are they actually not half bad or is na just being ripped on for no reason or is it really just like an eg uh only showing yeah yeah i mean for zuma sadly is not playing but no. I'm, I'm curious about quincy crew yeah yeah i just mean like um like we've seen quincy crew you know obviously beat out zoomers for this spot um but if quincy crew is doing really well at the at the major maybe that means that there's a hope for it. like the the lesser na teams like they can maybe beat out quincy crew for that next spot and actually compete and not just i don't know come in last seed at ti or something like i don't want I, i'm tired of the like the second and third best na teams being like objectively some of the worst teams on the tpc <laughs> hmm. um and that's maybe something that like cross-regional play will help with um, yeah. in improving some of these stacks. Speaking of Quincy Crew, I, this literally just came in like one hour ago, but apparently MSS, which is their support player, he won't be able to attend because he contracted COVID. Wow. Never and... mind, it's their four player. Oh. They don't have a replacement <laughs> yet. Okay, and we we talked a little bit about the, before the podcast, but um, previously known as Epileptic Kid, Nightfall, uh a player for Virtus Pro will his status in terms of the major is undecided. Uh, VP released a statement that said that he had tested negative for COVID, but had symptoms and was sick, and so they might be replacing him with ILTW for the major. Hmm. Which is I really kind of hope sad for the CIS I really region. Hope they don't have to do that. Yeah, I like, want to see a full strength VP squad. Exactly, ILTW is good, but. This new VP squad, they've been looking on another level, to be completely honest. Like, people talk about how EG uh, dominated the EU division, which granted is a bit harder, but mm-hmm. numerically, uh, Virtus Pro in the CIS division had the best season out of any team uh, in the whole DPC. So, uh, yeah, I think they lost one singular game overall. Yeah, they lost one singular game, and that's it. Uh, so even better than Team Secret. And before this regional league started, they were also kind of the only team that could go toe-to-toe with Team Secret and even beat them in a best-of-five. So VP for this tournament, I'm pretty sure they would have been my top pick, even over Team Secret. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it would be incredibly disappointing if their uh, if their player doesn't make it in the end. But, I you still know, think they still hope for him. From CIS, what do you say? Sorry, I still I said I still think they're the team to beat from CIS, even if they have a stand-in. Um, Probably, they, I mean, it's not like so ILTW is bad or anything, uh, but yeah. I think there's a difference in playing with you know the guy you've practiced for for half a year now and just some random kid basically. Uh, who absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool, yeah, that's that's the major, and then last thing, there's not really any new news about it, but. Uh, this is the last episode we're going to be recording before the anime launches. Uh, we probably shouldn't call it an anime, right? I, I heard that it's not technically an anime, and it's just the style that it's drawn in. Um, but yeah, it launches in one, two, three, four days. Man, this snuck up to me. Goddamn exams. Yeah, I've been trying to tell all my friends to watch and keeping them posted, but make sure everybody... Did they say yes? The Are you going to watch it with your friends? I'm I'm shocked that I was able to consider my family to watch it with me. I think I'll watch it with my partner, but mm-hmm. probably not with my friends in person. Just I'm going to spam text them about it and 
maybe get them to play some uh some dota pubs with me or maybe bot matches to start <laughs> yeah yeah um do you think that we will get a significant influx of new players because of this anime which i've heard very conflicting uh standpoints about in the past week i think that we will definitely see an influx of people trying the game i don't know if they will stick around it mm -hmm. kind of depends on obviously all the new player experience uh shenanigans that are going on right now either from valve or from sir action slacks and his camp um but i think that if there is any boost it will be pretty small not like a, a crazy like second coming of dota mm -hmm. um and i think that mostly it's just going to be like old players returning or like pretty insular because dota as a community is pretty insular and esports like i don't think there's like a ton of players jumping from like one to the other unless a game dies and yeah so unless there's some like lucky conversions of like a bad league patch or i don't know there aren't really any other mobas people play in serious ways i guess but i think it would require like some cosmic event like that to to really shape the the foreseeable future of dota hmm. um yeah i think i agree with you you know that I think there's going to be more people trying and then not necessarily a lot of people staying uh, because it's not going to be immediately apparent from the anime uh, what type of game Dota is. You know, maybe people think mm. it's like a MMORPG like World of Warcraft or something. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Dota, I think people should be too cynical. I think there's a fairly good shot that uh, this helps with some people at least uh, trying the game and then staying for long or forever even. Uh, I don't think it takes a lot of people to, to join up at either because I think it, you have like a potentially exponentially growing base of like players, right? If you get a thousand new players who are all excited and they all tell their friends about this new game that they're playing, then that's like already a huge bump. And maybe, you know, if there's like some popularity behind the anime and maybe a streamer or two picks it up, like it, it just the the circle grows wider and wider. And yeah. like overlaps with more larger circles as you go on. So. And I mean, the hype uh, that's going to be generated by the major, which they basically start like two days apart from each other, um, mm. it could compound on each other. Which is also why I think it's going to be hard to immediately distribute like rising player numbers to the anime because the major is already starting and vice versa. Um, but yeah, maybe it's going to have like compounding effects, hopefully. So I'm I'm a bit curious as to when the patch is going to drop because I feel like we're kind of due for one in the next month or so and it would be a little bit uncomfortable to drop the patch like right after the the major mm -hmm. even like with with that being like what only a week or two out from the anime like you might have players that just started the game that now need to learn like a lot of new material Yeah um I think if the patch doesn't drop by Tuesday, we're not going to have a big path patch for another month or so. It's like Groundhog Day. Exactly, basically. Um, <laughs> also, by the way, where are the fan support bundles? Like, we were yeah. on the, such a good track. I mean, not such a good track, but, you know, there was some optimism towards Valve generated in the last three months, I'll say, because they did some mm -hmm. pretty decent stuff. And now what is this? They're not even it's not even been four months and they're dropping the ball again this hard. This is like 
almost a month delayed now. A lot of teams that were like to profit from this, they're already like out of their respective leagues. What if they do? What if they drop something for the major, but exclude the teams who played in DPC and didn't make it? Yeah, like, they. I mean, really they better crappy, drop the but... fan support bundles before the major. Uh, they better. I, I hope so because I I want to I want to buy one or two. Like if they seem like they might be cool i can't really exactly envision what they're going to be and wish that valve would fill this in in the the, the several month gap well, they my, promised they would from what i've gathered it's not going to be items it's just going to be like voice lines and loading screens probably but voice lines are cool voice, voice lines, lines are, are cool yeah definitional to this game right now for sure for sure best best cosmetic yeah, don't uh, stop dropping the ball. Um, cool. That's it for the news, I guess. A bit of ranting here in the end, but I think that's justified sometimes. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to year of the week. Sure. You're tougher than I thought. Come along. Have a cookie. Meepo. More meepo. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. All right. Hero of the week for this week is no, no other than Visage, the, what what do you call them, like, soul ghoul? Um, I'm not a degenerate I, freak, so I don't play Visage, uh, but thankfully I have someone with here uh, who actually is one and plays Visage. So maybe you can, you know, get us through the abilities. Yeah, sure. Um, we'll start with his Q, which is Grave Chill, and it says Visage drains the movement and, and attack speed of the targeted unit, gaining it for itself. It lasts six seconds, scales from 17 to 35%, and uh, the attack speed drain is 34 to 70, and the cooldown goes down minorly. Um, this ability is... Should we talk about them one at a time, or when we Yeah, yeah, finished? let's do an in-depth one at a time. Okay. So, Grave Chill is one of the best trading abilities and laning abilities that Visage has. I would say it's primarily for Core Visage, um, just because unless it's like a really good lane for right-clicking, you don't want to trade with right-clicks as a support playing mm -hmm. Visage too 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 hard. Um, it's a good like one-point wonder, or it's a good like max-it-out spell, because your birds, as we'll talk about, or the familiars, I should say, um, also get the buffs. So, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Oh, no, it's huge when you're pushing towers. You gotta... Got to steal the the uh, attack speed from a creep. Mm. And then the next spell is Soul Assumption. So Visage gathers charges of soul essence each time nearby heroes take more than 100 damage. When the essence is released, it deals base damage as well as damage for each gathered soul charge. So I, I don't want to get too into the numbers of this spell. Um, as you level it up, you have it increases your max charges. It goes from 3 to 6. But essentially... Um, as heroes around you take damage, you build up like limits uh, or like a limit bar or whatever you want to think of it as, mm -hmm. and you can expend that in uh, to deal damage. So it's really, really good if you're in like a 2v2 or 3v3 lane or something like that, and there's a lot of heroes taking like random AoE damage or like random uh, right clicks. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about like the yeah. ways to use this hero but this this is what makes visage support a thing mm -hmm. um you I, trade 
very effectively. I heard a lot about the spell, and I know that it works where, like, the more carnage that's going on in your radius, basically, the better it is for you, and mm -hmm. you can put off a ton of damage because it's only a four-second cooldown. But my question, uh, I have a couple open questions about the skill. The first one is, does an instant that's uh, 101 damage give the exact same amount of damage uh, like the exact same amount of charges than in something some like one instance of 300 damage uh no so if you take like assume you take a lion stun that's mm -hmm. like 200 damage you'll get 200 charges two charges or you'll get yeah, sorry yeah. two charges I interesting mean, I interesting that. okay yeah and if you take like a, a big old uh i don't know laguna blade or something you can immediately have six charges and just send it right back at lena <laughs> okay okay so... that makes sense so this works like you can if one of my teammates damages an enemy i'll get a charge and if one of my enemies damages him back he i'll also get a charge from that right correct okay that's very that's okay okay i got it now thank you yeah so so ideally you want to play this in, in a lane where you are dealing a bunch of aoe damage or you can soak a bunch of damage yeah so i like heroes like leshrac or like Bristleback, um, maybe Undying or something like that, just because it does, like, there's a lot of random damage that you take and give, mm -hmm. and this hero, like, converts that into uh, trading damage, essentially. Though it's very high mana, so you need, like, several mangoes if you want to use it. Um, and then the next ability is Visage's Passive, which is Gravekeeper's Cloak. Uh, Visage generates a layered barrier that protects him from damage, if he receives damage from a player, one layer is removed and takes time to recover. There's a maximum of four layers until you get the 25 talent. Uh, the damage reduction scales uh, per layer from 8% to 20%. So at maximum, you have 80% damage reduction with mm -hmm. all layers. Um, the recovery time also scales down from 6 seconds to 3 seconds per layer. And the minimum damage required to break a layer is 40 and uh, I said the max damage reduction is eighty percent, but uh, I think that actually, but that um, that becomes like essentially a better eighty percent once you get the twenty five talent because you have extra layers from which like you are getting eighty percent damage mm. reduction if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, um, and then we'll talk about stone form and summon familiars together, but uh, visage conjures two blind familiars to fight for visage um, and essentially they are controllable units that can move with flying vision um, they don't have any wait they have flying vision they have small amounts of flying vision why does it say blind then i don't I, are they that's blind? very I misleading i mean it I says they're not they're definitely not blind, blind. familiars because you can send them into trees and like seek enemies. Um, apparently, they're blind but have vision in this game. But it's very limited vision, to be okay. fair. It's like a I very, don't know. very That's small. It's such AOE. a weird detail to include. If it's not true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just reading it from the, from the client, but that is <laughs> something I never thought about. Um, they move at like really high speed and they fly over any pathing. Um, so they are best uh, used for like seeking out enemy heroes. Um, they deal really they, they deal really small amounts of damage at really, really high intervals. Um, and it used to reduce the damage like as like after a couple 
clicks, but now it's just a constant DPS. Yeah, so you don't um, have to be charged every time with stone form, right? That's a big quality of life change, I feel like. Yeah, you you could either re recharge with stone form or like run them away and then chase them back in. But stone form is the ability that they that you have on visage or on the birds if you're microing them. Um, so if you use it on visage, the the stone form that's like your D or whatever by by default, um, it will drop the closest bird to you, and that familiar becomes uh, invulnerable for six seconds. Deals AOE dam deals a small amount of AOE damage and stuns in a small radius, um, and then regens its health back to full. Um, and you can do this uh, either like just clicking it twice to make both birds drop like on intervals, or you can like tab Q tab Q for each bird. Um, you can get one more familiar with your with your other twenty five talent. Um, there's some buffs to the familiars in the talent tree, um, which I guess I should go over now. But um, I guess I should, I'll, I'll mention before I before we leave this ability that the there's a 130 second cooldown on summoned familiars so when you summon them you have to be very careful with them for don't like feed two them minutes. they also yeah. give a lot of golden xp right yeah they give uh i don't remember exactly how much but like 100 to 200 gold oh i think scaling it's something close to that it's a lot per bird um but then this hero has talents of 25 damage and 75 cast range at 10 uh soul assumption hits two targets and minus three armor corruption on That's right click very good. at 15. Both of those I think are pretty good, whether you're playing like a core killer visage or a support visage that just gets to deal more AoE damage from the back lines. Um, you also get uh, 20, either plus 20 soul assumption damage per charge or plus 40 mil familiar's movement speed. Uh, I feel like those are pretty clear which one you want, Yeah. Um, depending on the game. And then at 25, you either get plus one familiar or plus five Gravekeeper's Cloak stacks. So what's better here? So if you don't have somebody that frontlines or if you are getting like picked off in the beginning of fights, I think the Gravekeeper's Cloak stacks is nice. Otherwise, three familiars is like you can shred towers if mm. they don't like deal. Like you can, you can just bait people with Visage and just use the familiars to like deal with lanes and uh like towers i think that this hero is played in like one of two ways now where you're either a tower killer or a hero killer and part of that what makes that distinction is this hero's ags um so ag aganim scepter on visage gives uh an ability called silent as the grave it turns visage and familiars invisible granting visage plus 20 percent movement speed and upgrading Creating its movement type to flying, so you are now flying as well as your birds. Um, when the, when visage or its familiars leave invisibility, that's interesting. Visage doesn't have pronouns; just it. Um, it's uh, they they deal thirty percent more damage for forty for four seconds, and the si the invisibility lasts thirty five seconds. Interesting. So, it he becomes like the best ganking hero imaginable you can Seems just like fly through the trees yeah. and like run at heroes it's actually kind of insane i've seen people get like orchids on visage and then you have plenty of stuns and damage and you can just run around and kill people oh. 
So uh, what difference are there in item build between uh, core and support visage? Because I know like the skill build and playstyle, it's fairly similar, right? Because you kind of just want to run down heroes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you rely on your Q more as a core and you rely on your W more as a, as a support. But mm. in terms of item builds, I think you go for like really value cheap items as a support. You get things like you know, you you always get tranquils, I think, as support, but then you get like a medallion or a drums, Vlad's maybe, um, things that like maybe if you you need a pipe or you need a an atos or something, yeah. like those are items you could. Pick Sounds like you're easily. not item dependent as a support, and kind of mostly just buy team items. Yeah, I think that there's there's not like a singular item that support visage needs. It's it's just whatever your team needs, okay. and then. As a core, you can either, like, itemize to kill their cores. So you go for, like, an AC if they have a low armor hero and you just need to, like, punch through them. You get an Orchid if, like, they're going to be able to run away from you with, like, their abilities. Like, maybe there's a Quap or something. Mm. Um, Ags is really value if you can if you think you can find heroes off, like, while they're on the map. Um, because you can, like, pick them off anywhere. Um, I think that drums is like a really good item on this hero, just because it increases the DPS of everything around you. You can go Necro or Helmdom. I think Ooh. those are like the two popular farming items on this. That hero sounds fun. Necro book on that hero. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit overboard at times. I used to like Helmdom on this hero, and I don't play it in as a core that much, so I wouldn't be able to tell you which is like explicitly better these days but i think those are like one of the two items if you're going to go mid that you have to buy hmm. um, and then we didn't talk about the shard but um while i think the ags is one of the best in the game or like one of the most fun i think this shard is like complete doo-doo. yeah it looks pretty garbage <laughs> um visage gets the ability to cast stone form on himself it'll re- restore up to 25 percent of your health um, over those like six seconds of invulnerability, which isn't too bad, but the cooldown is sixty, which sucks, <laughs> and the mana cost is two hundred, which is like unthinkable. That's yeah. like it's over, like it's like one and a half casts of soul assumption, or like a cast of soul assumption plus grave chill, something like that. And you, this it just doesn't have that much mana. Yeah, it also and doesn't s- want to build seems it. very dangerous. To I know you're invulnerable, <laughs> but. Stunning, like as a noob visage player, like just putting myself in a place for six seconds, um, which I like where there's no way to cancel it, seems like a recipe for just killing myself. I think it's the only way I think it's valuable is if you like really, really need like the cheap lockdown. Um, there are times where you can kill almost any hero, like what used to be able to get four familiars on visage, and when you had four familiars, you had like a almost six second stun mm-hmm. and could deal something like you know 1500 to 2000 damage in those six seconds now i think uh because there's one less familiar you have a little bit less lockdown potential and therefore less dps potential if you like catch somebody off map or like in the wrong position which i think is what this hero is like best at doing is like catching people out um and like disrupting team fights so maybe if you just need to be more disruptive, you can go for the shard. But I don't think, yeah, I think you're more likely to die in using it than you are to like secure the kill. Yeah. 
Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll get into the door here with the chess. I'll rate this lore like a 6 out of 10. It's it, it has some nice references, but it's really not that good. So some of you may be familiar with the narrow maze. For those who don't know, it's kind of a test that every people every person who died has to go through and it's between uh, you know our world and the underworld where you either go to heaven or hell uh, everybody has to go through this uh, razor mentions this narrow maze a lot because he's basically the i don't know the master of the narrow maze and he whips the swords in the narrow maze uh, so they go faster through the narrow maze you know he wants to he wants to get a very good narrow maze soul throughput uh <laughs> Visage. Yeah, yeah, he wants people to speedrun the narrow maze. Uh, let's put ourselves into the mind of, you know, one of the souls that made it through the narrow maze. And maybe then after that, uh, you're like, nah, I don't want to go to hell. Uh, so you try to escape as a soul, which apparently does happen quite often. So this is where Visage comes here. He's a gargoyle. Uh, and he, you know, if you're just going through the narrow maze, he's probably not going to bother you. But if you try to escape us, it says you're gonna, he's gonna hunt you down and uh, kill you for good, which means not even your soul is gonna go to the like afterlife. And um, if you hide like with your family, I don't know how you do that as a soul, but I guess uh, if you hide with your family from him uh, while your soul escaped from the narrow maze and he finds you, uh, he's not gonna only kill you, he's gonna kill uh, your whole family as well. That's brutal. So yeah, that's like don't hide really with gruesome. loved ones. Uh, hide with the most hated. Yeah, if you hate somebody and you happen to die and you're a free soul running away, you should hide with somebody you don't like so Visage kills them for you. I mean, at least his lore lines up with his like play style. True, it's yeah. More than you can say about pretty much any other Dota hero, <laughs> I feel like. I agree. Um, cool. Uh, nice. Let's move on to the noobs as noobs. Sure. Holy shit! Getting into the noobs as noobs, uh, first question from friend of the show, Titus Dormadon. When will the hero of the week be a difficult to play hero like Invoker? Well, I feel like we're ahead of the meta here. Yeah, we, uh, we're, we're one step above the, uh, in front of the game, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, picking Visage. Silly Titus Andromedon should have known. Yeah, get wrecked, Bob. Would you even <laughs> would you even say Visage is a hard hero? Uh, I think there's a little bit of micro and a little bit of um, experience in knowing how to position your hero mm. in comparison to your birds, because the birds are kind of uh, a little bit easier to defend and they can yeah. run away easier. Sometimes your hero just dies if you're like not careful. I feel like uh, Visage. It feels to me like one of the heroes where you don't maybe need to like be able to play him perfectly, but it's very important to have knowledge about the hero when you're playing him because exactly. his timings that he can uh, like kill your entire team on, they're very obscure timings that are not immediately apparent if you're not a Visage player. So he might have some timings that you just don't know about and murder you with them. That's kind yeah, of watch how out for the works. That's what I'll. That's what I'll say. Is watch out for his six. I think yeah. he's he's like a pretty useless hero in lane unless you go up against a visage five with a specter for some reason, like I did. Um, but he is like 
not really a hero until he gets his birds. So exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, um, next question from Rex Cow: What button do you use to select your own hero? Is there a hotkey Eureka moment that you have experienced? So I'll, I guess I'll go first um, because my hotkey Eureka moment is around my select hero uh, button, which I did not use probably up until last month. Oh, uh, I'm interested now. Well, yeah, and now I use it. Um, it was like on F1 before, which I would never press, and I'm bad at pressing buttons in general. But ne uh, since I saw a recommendation from a friend on Twitter, I switched all of my micro like select hotkeys to my mouse. So now my mouse Ugh, side buttons are... It is, it's a little disgusting. But it's a select hero, next next unit, and then the alt keys are select all other units and select all units. Or, sorry, no, select all units and select all other units. Um, so that means that I can... I don't get tripped up on my left hand when I'm playing heroes like Chen, uh, because there's a lot of abilities you want to cast on your creeps and you want to like sometimes micro like one specific creep you can like very easily with like a click of one or two buttons get to that creep interesting interesting so i actually use uh f1 like a casual scrub uh yeah i use f1 for my hero f2 to select all my units and f3 to select my career f4 for shop obviously um yeah i just use the standard stuff but my hotkey eureka moment i'd say uh, would be that for the longest time i used uh, qwer for spells and then like xcvbn for my items uh, but what i do nowadays is i actually put my items on the same slot as my uh, as my you know just normal abilities and then i use alt to toggle between them see this just shows that you're not a support player why <laughs> because i think that alt might be my most pressed key other than like right click in true, a dota true, game true. just to check where vision is and i want to like know the exact limits and think a lot about wards when i'm playing five and so I, there's like a lot of time spent on exactly where i want to place wards to either block camps or to you know walking around the outpost and placing sentries in like ways that uh totally blanket like parts of parts of the map where i think they have vision it's a uh, i think just an underused key in general yeah uh i mean i have space bar on a <laughs> cancel action so you know maybe oh. my maybe my opinion is invalid here yeah arian ripped me for putting my space bar to uh as push to talk for in game, yeah, I mean, but that's... I think it's like I want to be able to slam that key when I'm ready to talk. Like if, if you know what I mean. If you get on my bad side, I would say what? Like <laughs> just pound that spacebar. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Cool. Cool. Uh, next question. Dota buff. Dota buff are trying to get us to use their new app. Do you use anything like the Overwolf overlay for drafting? Do you think these things bring any genuine value at lower MMR? Um, no and yes would be my answers to this. So I do not use Overwolf myself, um, but I also make sure that people can't snipe me using it against me. Uh, yeah, I keep matching it on just because I play in a couple leagues that require it. Mm -hmm. And and I just, I don't care really. But I've been noticing a lot more Chen bans against me since I started spamming the hero. 
And I don't think that that's coincidence. No, no. I think that it's a hundred percent. People are seeing my stats or like my recently played games on Chen and are saying, I don't really want to yeah. deal I mean, with that hero today. It's not like people hide using those programs, right? Like most of the time when somebody like bans, like before I disabled matches, I would always ask people like, Hey, did you ban this because you had overwolf or something? And most people just admitted to it immediately, which is like, I mean, yeah. it's not like you're cheating using those programs, but, uh, I'm not using them and I got pretty annoyed at people, uh, you know, using those programs against me because I wasn't using it. So I think it's totally fair game to turn it off because if you turn public matches off on your account, it also means that no program is going to let you use it on your account. So there's always going to be parity. Uh, but yeah, if you're not using one of those programs and you don't have public matches turned off, I think then uh, you're at a disadvantage compared to everybody else. Yeah, so me. But I, I you know what? I kind of like it. You get to see people's uh like signature heroes more often and I think there's like value in learning from players that beat you really hard in a way. I guess, um, yeah. Like I I never would have seen like half of the the heroes I I've like been impressed by. I feel like if I mm -hmm. had known like oh, there's a spammer, I should just but ban Sam. Him. Would you rather win a ranked game? but have learned nothing or lose a ranked game, but learn something. I mean, there's like a really easy answer and it's to say that I would rather lose and learn something. Really? But I think a lot of people would say that. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm just a masochist. I mean, I, 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 I would take them about, dude. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't even play ranked that much anymore. I'm just playing <laughs> to like learn more and have fun with this game okay, at this point. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, last question, non-Dora related, actually. Uh, also from Rex Cow, favorite Bond film and which Dota heroes would, would make the best Bond villain or girl guy? I'll say worst Bond film, for sure, Spectre. Like, Ooh. just a terrible movie all around. I wish I would have never watched it. My favorite would be probably Casino Royale, which I know is like the most mainstream favorite Bond film one can have. I think I I'll give Diamonds Are Forever like a, a runner up or yeah, a that's not honorable mention for like that. my your generation. What I'm like two years older than you, Arian. Um, I Are you? I just like the I just like the theme song. Yeah, I'm only 22. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> um, I just think that like the the theme song. I forget who that is. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll remember one day, but it's it's a it's a real bop, and then Kanye covering it and or sampling it, I should say, for uh, "Diamonds from Sierra Leone." That's Very cool. that's some hot stuff. Uh, but I liked um, oh, is it, is it, what is it like Thunderball or something like that? There's like an old school Bond movie this. from the '70s that's really good. Uh, I, I was into that when I was in high school, into dressing in, in like, suits and being dapper or whatever. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All yeah. right. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, well, then, you know, thank you a lot for joining me here for We Like Dota, episode 331. Uh, any any closing statements from our newest cast member before we close out the show? Uh, no, not really. Go abuse some, some creep mechanics, please, everybody. <laughs> That's a Coming from a Chen player. Okay, very specific and pretty weird thing to say, but I guess we ended on this note. Uh, thank you for joining me and see you guys next week. 
Bye-bye.